Hello everyone. I'm your Tilaka Kumar, the host of Selecta podcast. This podcast is dedicated to inspire and empower women to pursue an excellence in career by filling the gender gap, to live to the fullest of her potential and to achieve financial independence. I will be interviewing amazing successful women sales leaders and entrepreneurs from India and around the globe. Where we discuss their sales journey, their challenges, their wins, and much more. Let's dive in. So today' guest is Mandy Sullivan, and uh, I will talk about herself first. She is uh, CSR supervisor at GFS Chemicals. She has overall twenty-one years experience in uh, chemical industry and sixteen years experience in customer service, and she is also certified member in uh, Girls Club. Girls Club is a community where they support uh, all the women, and she is also member of uh, Rev Genius. So I welcome Mandy. Hi, Mandy. Hi. Tell about yourself, Mandy. So I've been in the chemical industry for 16 years, customer service for 21 years. I've been a customer service supervisor for six and a half years. So been around a little bit, seen a lot of things. So how do you feel like uh, supporting customer? Like, is it your passion or is just? Uh... Definitely. Being a customer advocate is a huge part of what I do. It's why I've been in customer service as long as I have been. I'm very relationship. Driven, and so supporting my customers and helping them problem solve and make their businesses work better is definitely something that I enjoy doing and enjoy being a partner with them. Okay, so is there any challenges you faced uh, during customer service? Have you overcome? Yeah, all the time. <laughs> so um, one of the problems or challenges, I guess, that comes up in customer service is that with customer service, you're always first line. With the customers, so like if they're having a problem, like if a website doesn't work and they're frustrated, you have to help them, even though you're not in control of if the website works or not. Or like currently, right now, something that's facing the world chemistry industry and beyond right now because of COVID and different things, lots of issues with supply chain. Like it's hard for people to get things from overseas to the U.S. or vice versa. It's We're facing challenges in packaging. Like there's just a lot going on in the industry as a whole, and so sometimes customers can be frustrated with lead times because they're longer than they're used to. And that again is something that customer service people can't control, but it's something that we have to help our customers get through. So those are definitely challenges that pop up, and you have to be a good listener, let them vent, understand how you can help them. Um, so, like maybe we don't have something in glass, and normally that's how we sell it, but we can offer it in plastic, so we can still get you something. Like you have to get a little creative in how you address their issues. Okay, is it any interesting, uh, you know, incident where uh, you really have to tell kind of a lie? You know, <laughs> sometimes uh, maybe deliveries. I try to avoid that whenever possible. I try to be a pretty straight shooter about what's happening because, as a customer, that's what I want. Like, I want honesty and transparency with the vendors that I deal with. So there are times that you know more than you're allowed to share. That definitely happens. But as far as like telling a lie, I really try to avoid that at all costs. <laughs> so really, sometimes I would just rather tell you the bad news. Like, I mean, if the bad mm. news is it's going to be eight weeks, then it's going to be eight weeks. <laughs> But do you think uh, integrity plays a role in sales? Oh, absolutely. I think when sometimes people think of salespeople and they think of like the slimy salesperson, yeah. <laughs> they're thinking of the people that lie. Like they're thinking of the people that are like, "Oh, well, this deal's great for you," and really, it's a product you don't even need. Versus integrity in sales, which is 
I feel like the best salespeople are people that are problem solvers and solution providers. So if I'm like, hey, I sell a chemical and you need that because you run that chemical in your instrument, I'm trying to help you. Like you're helping your customers by running tests. I'm helping you by giving you the chemical you need in your instrument. But it's true that way across industries. Like if I'm giving you something that makes your business run better, that makes you more efficient, that saves you time or money, then I'm helping you and being a partner. I'm not being a slimy salesperson that's pushing what I have to sell regardless of if you need it or not. Recently, I've interviewed a couple of salesperson, okay, for my company. You know, I asked, uh, do you think integrity is important? Part, but they said, uh, how it is possible in sales? <laughs> you have to tell lies sometimes. See, I don't think you do. <laughs> I just, I, I don't think you do. I think that sometimes in customer service and sales, both, we have to tell unpleasant truths. Like if you're used to getting a product in two weeks and it's going to take you eight, nobody wants to hear that it's going to take eight, but it is. So if I tell you, oh, it'll only be four And then I have to call you at week four and be like, oh, it'll be another week. Like all that does is make somebody angry versus you just telling them the bad news. I agree. Yeah. So our topic today is uh, sales is the best career for uh, mothers. So I'm sure for all the audience, it's going to be an interesting topic. So before we get into this topic, I want to know, like, what is your feeling about uh, mothers or women having a career break? And what is the struggle they face, uh, the challenges they face to come back? I, I'm sure many would not come back, right? Um, there are some that will choose not to come back. I think some people get into motherhood and they really enjoy being with their children and it's very hard to leave them. And so they might make the choice that's best for them to not return to the workforce, which is totally their choice. If that's what's best for them and their family, I get it. But I think it's important to have moms at work. Like I feel moms bring a lot to the table as far as like their life experience and how they can integrate that into the workforce and share that with other people. I think that has a lot of value and it's important. So if they want to return to the workforce, I am all about having them here. But what do you think? Uh, do they have kind of uh, inborn skills? Because, you know, the topic is mothers are the best of sales best person to come into sales but do you think is there any skills which is kind of an inborn which is going to be helpful when they come into sales well i think some of the skills that parents have moms and dads but definitely moms is that you have to know how to negotiate and you have to be compassionate so i think with moms as they're you know used to kind of quieting their children or if their children's having a tantrum and they're walking them down from the tantrum or if they're being patient when their child like wants to go on for 30 minutes about a cartoon they watched and they're like oh you could have ended this conversation in 30 seconds like some of those skills the patience <laughs> those are all things that are super helpful when you're dealing with customers like hearing them out calming them down, listening to what's important to them, even if it's not necessarily what's most important to you. Being able to negotiate. Like if you've ever dealt with a toddler and they're like, I don't want to eat the mac and cheese. And you're like, but it's what we have for lunch. <laughs> and you're like, no, you kind of do the back and forth. Like you can kind of negotiate. Okay, maybe I can give you two French fries, but you need to eat your broccoli. Like you've wow. got to eat your vegetables. So those type of negotiations that you do with your kids are a good platform for what you're going to do in sales. When you're talking to a customer, maybe they want a 50% discount and you can't do that. But maybe you can say, okay, but I could offer you free freight 
Will that work for you? Like a lot of the skills that you do with empathy and negotiation and listening as a parent, you're going to use all of those skills in sales. Yeah, that's true. And also even mothers are good in, uh, you know, creating a relationship with neighbors and, uh, you know, connectivity. I think those things also will help, right? Oh, absolutely. You definitely need a community and the better you are at building a community, the stronger you're going to be as a salesperson, whether it's building that with customers, but also like with your coworkers, like being able to reach out, like maybe on LinkedIn, like how you and I met or, you know, where you meet somebody in a panel and you're like, oh, I think I could learn from you. Like that ability to ask questions and be naturally curious about other people um, will definitely help you build a community that you can bounce ideas off of and get help from. And also when you're talking to customers and trying to like do discovery with them and finding out what their pain points are or how your product could help them. So one is being empathy. I think mother definitely have the skills, right? Because to really have the patience to listen to <laughs> child yep. uh, naughty things and <laughs> and uh, having patience, uh, managing them, ca- caring about them. I think uh, everywhere mother have a good skills. And as mm-hmm. you said, objection handling, like they object that they don't want to have this food, but you have to have kind of a win-win situation. That is also kind of a negotiation, right? You right. To negotiate. How about organization? Because uh, even though a mother is willing to get into sales, but do you think organization for a comeback uh, woman after career break, will there be opportunities? Definitely. I think kind of some of the challenges that moms face or parents after they've been on leave, like let's say a mom takes off for a year or two years until they're ready for their child to go to preschool or school, and then they're ready to enter the workforce. They kind of have to navigate on their resumes, like how do you deal with the fact that you had a two-year gap? And so I think that just facing that head on and saying, you know, I chose to invest in my family and my child during this time period. Um, But these are some of the things I've learned in being a parent. (laughs) Like I've had to run my household. So like when people get up and when they go to work and when they go to school and if I made their lunch and (laughs) what they're going to do after school, like those skills about how you run your calendar and you keep things going is very much what you're going to do in an office. Like I set up my meeting with my boss. I set up my meeting with my coworker. I set up my meeting, three meetings with customers today. Um, I kept them all running. And some of the chaos that happens as a parent, like when you have the best of intentions of we're going to school and then we're going to take our snack and then we're (laughs) going to work on homework, those kind of things. Sometimes they go off the rails, like your child has an emotional issue or somebody had a problem at school or somebody gets sick and then you have to juggle a weight. We can't do these things we planned. We have to do this instead. That adjustment that you do as a parent is the same thing that's going to happen at work. Like when you're like, okay, well, I had this schedule and it was great. And then somebody called off and then somebody had to push an appointment (laughs) and then you're going to have to juggle that, like control the chaos of, okay, well, I have to flip this, flip that. Like the flexibility, I think that you learn as a parent, you're definitely going to use in sales and in customer service. So I think if you're trying to re-enter the workforce, one of the best things you can do rather than try to avoid the parent conversation is just lean into it and be like, yes, I took off. This is what I was focused on during that time. These are skills I learned and this is how it's applicable to the job I'm applying for. Okay, I agree. Yeah, Like uh, with a family will support, I think even family, she has to kind of uh, using her skills, right? Family support is also necessary if women have to, especially mothers who have the babies 
coming out of home and traveling i think uh, without family support it's going to be difficult right what do you think i do think it's difficult i don't think it's impossible if you don't have the family support you definitely need support from somewhere so that might be your friends that might be like a nanny that might be you got different options but you definitely need support somewhere if you're going to be traveling and leaving your little one at home while you do it yeah i agree yes and one more thing since you are into customer service okay like what do you think the key skills is necessary if for example you are recruiting a you know a customer support executive for example so what kind of a skills you look for in her i'm looking for organization i'm looking for somebody who's detailed i'm looking for somebody who is good at building relationships and because the way that i often describe customer service is like if you think about a wheel we're the center and all the spokes come into us because as we're front facing with the customer we're back facing with all of the other departments so like in my role you're dealing with so like a customer comes to you and they want something and maybe you don't have it or you need to get it then you're reaching out to purchasing or production or your shipping department like you're working or accounting like let's say there's a credit issue so you're dealing with all of those departments plus the customer so you have to have an ability to listen and empathize you have to have the ability to kind of compartmentalize your own thoughts like the ability to say okay can i prioritize my workload where do i put the most energy first and still get everything done in a day and if i can't get it all done making sure that i at least got my top 3 priorities knocked out by the end of the day so when i'm hiring somebody those are all skills that i'm looking for um i'm also looking at somebody that's good at remaining calm because there are definitely going to be times where you have somebody that calls and they're upset and so you need to remain calm and help calm them down in a way that's supportive of them and acknowledging the fact that they're frustrated and that it's okay that they're frustrated but how do you get to a point where they're calm enough that you can then get to problem solving so those are all things that i'm looking for when i interview somebody especially when customer is at anger angry mode because uh, you might have not supplied on time and he must have been lost in somewhere how to handle such a situation what is most important during the time i think first you need to listen so let them get all their feelings out about why they're angry do not interrupt them that is key <laughs> let them let them bring it and then after you've listened to them you kind of want to recap what you heard from them mm-hmm. so like if you were upset because something got damaged in transit like an example with me would be like okay so you were expecting you know a 4 by 4 liter of this chemical it didn't arrive on time okay let me see if we have more of that in stock if so i can ship out a replacement for you right away if i don't let me see what i can do if there's something else i can offer let me get in touch with the shipping company and then we can credit you for the part that was damaged so i think a couple things that you're looking for one Again, let them vent first, don't interrupt. Two, you want to recap what you heard, and then third, you want to do the problem-solving piece. What can I do to make it better? Mm-hmm. And sometimes you can't solve the whole thing. Like if they needed that material today, there is nothing I can do to get that to them yeah. today. <laughs> so that part they're just going to be upset about, but the important part is me partnering with them to say what I can do, the solutions that I can provide. So maybe I can't make it 100% better, but I can make it 75% better. So, yeah. you know, and then I think the extra part is once you've dealt with the immediate issue, follow up with them later. Like 
rather than it just being like, okay, I got you off my phone. You're not angry anymore. Yay. Um, is like showing that you genuinely care about their experience. So once you shipped the replacement order, follow up a few days later and be like, okay, did you get the replacement? Did you get what you need? And making sure that they're fully taken care of. And that again, is part of that caring about them being customer focused and making sure that you've truly resolved the issue. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, follow up is, is the key, right? At least uh, customer knows that you are really concerned and you really want to help him to solve the problem, right? Right. And my next question is like, what do you think about this uh, pandemic, the post pandemic? Do you think uh, mothers will have more opportunity? Because why I ask this question now, you know, many have this, uh, you know, they prepare the mind that even with Zoom call, sales can happen to some extent, mm -hmm. right? So right. maybe this pandemic is going to be a good opportunity for the mothers, especially. I think yes, um, because I think a lot of, there were a certain amount of companies that were work from home or like inside sales prior to the pandemic. But I think a lot of companies, they ended up having new avenues for people to work from home where previously they were in the office. So I think it helps with some international opportunity because previously, if you were only work from office type companies, you couldn't hire internationally because they didn't have access to the tech and things that you needed them to access. But now that we're having more and more companies that are offering remote options, that opens some international opportunities that didn't exist before. But also even within our own locations, I think more and more companies have seen how much employees appreciate the work from home option. And so specifically in sales, I think they're doing that more and more often where they're offering a work from home option. So for parents, that's kind of ideal because that way, if they have a younger child um, that maybe isn't in school yet and they need to be more available for them, that kind of allows a different level of flexibility because you're not doing the commute. You're more available. Like if there's somebody in the home and you need to like pop out for a minute to like feed them lunch or whatever, like you kind of have the flexibility to do that. So I think because of that flexibility, those roles are probably more attractive to moms than maybe they were before. I agree. So I think all the mothers who are looking at this uh, talk show, it's a good opportunity for you to, to get into sales, to get into the career, especially so. And uh, what is that uh, you follow as a daily habits, which uh, we can all learn and follow it? Habits that I do. I think one of the things, probably the best thing that I do is ask questions. Like, don't be afraid of that. I think sometimes when people are new to a career, it's like, oh, I don't want to seem stupid. I don't want to ask a stupid question. Or I don't want to seem like I don't know something I'm supposed to know. But I think I kind of lean in the other way when you're dealing with people. I think people in general, even outside of work, one of the ways that you can engage with them is asking questions and show that you're curious about what they do or what they care about. And so I think in my life personally and professionally, um, that that's something that I do. I ask a lot of questions because I want to learn. And I also want to show that I care about what the other person has to offer. So that's mm. something. The other thing is I check in with my team. So like mm. right now I'm currently in training. Mm. So I'm working with a new trainee and I'm in training almost eight hours a day. So I'm not on the floor with my team like I normally am. So either try to like stop by and visit their desk. Or if I'm on Teams, I try to message them and be like, hey, everybody good? Anybody need anything? So like you try to keep the connectivity going. Yeah. And mm. I think for anybody entering the workforce or joining sales, especially if they're work from home, 
like getting in the habit of like reaching out to your team and saying hello and just keeping the lines of communication open is super helpful. Wow, that's a great insight. Yes. Thank you for sharing it. <laughs> so, and then uh, what my next question is, uh, I know why, you know, we have had a lot of talks in LinkedIn and uh, in chat before. You are someone really wants to help a community, especially women in sales. Yes. You know, you are part of a girls club and Riv Genius. Like, what is the reason behind you really want to help the community? And what is that you want to convey to uh, girls who want to get into sales? Well, I think part of being in like girls club, especially so girls club and Rev Genius work a little differently. So girls club is a six month program that's all about sales and leadership development. And you graduate the program when you end it. But the relationships that you built during that continue to go on for as long as you nurture those relationships. Rev Genius is different in that it's an online community that kind of started on Slack and now they're moving to something that's called Forum. So that's kind of like a platform, a little bit more like LinkedIn, where you can jump in and out of channels and connect with different people on different topics. So with Girls Club, that one I just love. I can't say enough positive things about that. They had web content that you learn. They have webinars that you sit in where you're listening to like thought leaders on certain topics. Um, but one of the things that I thought was the most helpful for me is that you're surrounded by other women that are all moving in the same direction. So everybody wants to get better. Everybody's trying to get promoted. Everybody is trying to grow their skill set. And when you're surrounded by people like that, you automatically get better. Like, because as you're listening to their tips or their tricks or even their struggles, like maybe they're like, I have run into this brick wall and I can't figure out my way around it. And then you're talking to them and maybe you're offering advice or maybe you're the one that's struggling. And so in those conversations, there's a great opportunity for growth and learning, which is amazing. But there's also a lot of support like women supporting other women and saying, I hear you, I value you, how can I help you? And that for me is life-changing when you get wow. into that mode. Rev Genius is a little different in that it's a little bit more focused on specifically sales and it's broken into different channels. So like if you're RevOps or if you're a customer success or if you're a frontline salesperson, they kind of have channels for each of those type of topics. And so with them, I'm really active with Rev Genius Women because that's a much like Rev Genius is like 17,000 people. It's hard to connect wow. and make relationships with 17,000 people. <laughs> Wow. But like Rev Genius Women um, is a much smaller group. And then within that group, like we meet every other Monday and have a chat session. And that's been awesome because it's been like 10 people. And so when it's 10 people, you definitely have the opportunity to build real relationships, have real conversations and feel like maybe you got a nugget or two of something that you can use actively as soon as you get off the call. Mm -hmm. So that's why I've been active in both communities and how they've been helpful to me. And I definitely want to pay that forward with other people. Like if there's people that I can help or I can encourage, I definitely want to do that anytime I can because I know how much it's meant to me in my career to have access to other people that are doing that for me. Wow. I think uh, community is playing a you know, bigger role, especially for a woman in sales and in business, whatever the career, because uh, you know it's something like the gap is very huge male getting into sales or female candidate coming into sales the gap is huge and uh, female things a woman thinks that you know sales is not a good career for me and to have such confidence to have such courage i think this kind of a community is going to help them 
Oh, for sure. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. I think it's very helpful too, because sometimes when we're building communities, we end up talking with the same people over and over, or we end up talking to people that are only in our industry. So like for me, it might be, oh, I've talked to these people in multiple chemical companies, but sometimes we're the best lightning bolt type of thoughts come from is really when you talk to somebody who does your same role, but in a totally different industry, because the way that they approach problem solving is different than yours, because some of their problems are different than yours. And so sometimes they might have different software support than you do, or they might use a different approach than you do. And you might be like, oh, wait, people in my industry don't do that. That's awesome. I could use that. And then that kind of becomes something new that you could do or you could offer that's different than everybody else is doing in your industry. So that I think is super helpful. But I also think it's helpful. Sometimes conversations within our own companies are like, you have to be really gentle. Like you don't want to make somebody mad. You don't want to lose a potential opportunity to climb the ladder. You don't want to overshare information that would be sensitive information. Like, talking to a subordinate if you're a boss. Whereas if you have a community, you can talk to other people that are maybe in your same role and be like, okay, as a manager, I'm really struggling. Like, how do I have this awkward conversation about body odor? Or how do I, I don't want to fire this person. I want to help this person. But if they don't change their behavior, I'm going to have no choice but to fire this person. Like, have you been in this role before? Like, have you dealt with this? How did you approach it? And so like, I think as you work through your community, it gives you a lot of support. And if you're having a bad day, it can really lift you up. But also if you need help problem solving, like if you're like, I'm kind of stuck in this box and I can't figure out, (laughs) like, I know there's a way out of the box. I just can't figure it out yet. So if you talk to other people in the community, maybe they've already solved that problem for their own company, or maybe they just think of things slightly to the left of where where you're coming from. And then it's kind of like, oh, have you tried this? Have you tried that? And then as you work through it together, you come up It like energizes your own creative energy with, oh, okay, now that I'm on that thought track, maybe I could do this. And so sometimes you end up solving your own problems. It's not that they give you the answer. It's that they might point you in maybe a different direction or give you tools. Like tools is something that's been huge. I've only been on LinkedIn for a little less than a year now. And I had no idea how many free webinars were out there, like just free tools, about um, like one of the things I'm passionate about is equity and inclusion. So trying to make sure that our hiring practices are non-biased. And so one of the tools that I've gotten is learning about a scorecard. So like when you're interviewing people, you want to use the same questions repeatedly so that each candidate is getting a very similar experience. And then you're going to wait like how important is a specific answer or how how important is a specific trait when you're hiring people? And then as you're doing that consistently, then that's opening it up versus kind of going off gut where it's like, oh, I really like this person. Well, maybe you like them because they think like you or act like you or look like you versus if you're doing a scorecard where you're going to really evaluate their skills for the job that you're hiring for. So like that's something that I learned through LinkedIn totally free. So I think community is huge. It's a game changer if you need it, especially when you're new and you're learning. See, in fact, in my time, when I was just started my sales career, I was not having any community. I have no idea whether that time community exists or not. Maybe I'm talking about 14 years back, you know, and everyone were seniors to me. 
and i had no idea sales is a good career or not uh, whether i should get into or not i was not confident i was not courageous but uh, you know my own battle i have to struggle and you know get into it but now i'm i'm sure uh, the things are changed now there are so many women community you know who really supports uh, women yes there are a ton of them out there and the more you look for the more there are so there's girls club there's girls who sell there's a national association of women sales professionals if people are on clubhouse which is a new technology a little bit different than linkedin there's women in sales club there's a bunch of podcasts also that are out there so i think there's more and more options especially like if you're working for a younger company maybe they don't have a lot of money allotted for professional development being able to get on these platforms that are all free and interact with them you can kind of set how much time you want to invest in the platform and then where your own focus is where your own interest is where you think you'll grow the most mm. so there's definitely lots out there and for new people like go poke like maybe you aren't quite brave enough right yet to apply for the sales job then i would highly encourage you like get on linkedin or clubhouse where it's free go poke around and like see if you could find a sales group where maybe you can ask the question or you find a atila or you find a bandy and you're like yeah. you know, just message them privately and be like i'm thinking about a career in this Could I ask you a few questions and like find somebody that you trust or that you like or that you want to follow and then you can kind of ask them questions more one-on-one -on -one if you feel like maybe something that you're interested in hasn't been addressed on like one of the free webinars that's out there until you you feel confident that you have what you need to move forward but I definitely think it's worth taking a risk. Sales can be a risky career move. It's new and it's challenging and there's metrics involved and that can be a little intimidating if you're new to the industry, but I feel like if you are passionate about problem solving and helping people and you find a company where you genuinely feel that the the product has value because I think that's also key in finding a job that you'll love. Don't just like sell something you personally don't care about. <laughs> <laughs> like if you're like, oh, I'm selling milk. I don't even drink milk. This is probably not the greatest product for you to sell versus if it's something like, you know, oh, I love this makeup. I use this makeup every day. I should go sell Mary Kay. Like I use it. I love it. I can tell people about it. <laughs> so I think that also helps like make it easier to try to apply for that job because you already care about the product and what it's doing. So it makes it natural to be excited to tell other people about the product and try to get them to use it. Mm. Now I remember there's a saying called uh, unless until you are convinced about what you're saying selling you cannot convince anyone right. True. So true. <laughs> so you have to be passionate about what you're selling then the sale is going to happen otherwise it is not possible. Agreed. If you think that whatever product you're selling it is very expensive. <laughs> Right. Yeah, that can be a challenge, but at the same time I think if something's expensive, you have to either really connect with it. Like if you think about some of the brands like Starbucks is a good example. Like mm. if you could go to a gas station and get coffee for a dollar or you could go to Starbucks and get it for $5. Like there has to be a reason you're going to spend 5 bucks over a dollar, right? So if you're doing that, is it because it tastes better and is higher quality and therefore you're willing to pay for it? Or is it like the brand where you're like, "Oh, I just feel good when I walk into a Starbucks." 
Like, I just like what it smells like and what it looks like. And I like the people that are there versus at the gas station. I don't feel anything when I walk in the gas station. I'm not like, oh, I'm prepared for my day. (laughs) So maybe you're willing to pay more because of the experience that goes along with what you're purchasing. Yeah. It's all for value what you're paying, right? Right. It's value for money. Yep, for sure. And what is the advice you want to give to the mothers who want to get into sales? I would say don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid of trying something new. If you can deal with a baby who cries and is chaos personified sometimes, (laughs) you can totally deal with a career change. You can deal with customers. If you can be patient with a baby or a toddler or somebody screaming at you and throwing things... (laughs) throwing toys, you can absolutely calm somebody down that is on the phone with you. (laughs) Like you have these skills, you are already using them in your daily life. So don't be too afraid by it being something new. Just talk to somebody, ask some questions, see if you're really intrigued by it. And if you are, I think you should go for it. And also you have to be within some community. Yes. And the last question is, uh, do you suggest any favorite podcast or some books related to sales? Mm, Good question. Okay, this is going to be something weird that I'm going to say, because when I read this book, I actually thought it was painful, but I'm going to recommend it to people anyway. (laughs) It's called Leadership is Language. And when I read it, it took me a month to read it. I took like 16 pages of notes when I read it. And I was never excited when I was reading it. (laughs) However, since I finished that book, I have referred back to it probably more than a hundred times. Oh my God. Because the information in it is super practical. It talks about how we as leaders, when we're dealing with a team or when we're dealing with our customers, we, the language we use dictates how relationships work. So If, for example, you word things in such a way like that it's an absolute, people are very less likely to ask you questions, they're less likely to engage, and they're more afraid of failure. Whereas if you word something as in, this is the intended result, this is what our goal is. If you have any questions, please come bring them to me. Or I'd love to hear your ideas on how we reach this goal. When you're doing that, you're using inclusive language. Like you're still saying this is the goal. You're still saying this is the result you want, but you're asking people to be in the journey with you. And so when I read that book, frustrating during reading, but afterwards, so much of it is applicable to what we do every day. And specifically when you're dealing with management, if you are management or if you are trying to deal with upper management, (laughs) when you're listening to the language that they use and whether or not it is a culture that supports interaction and questioning and possibly even failure as part of the learning experience versus a hard and fast, we don't have any room to make mistakes. Mm. So that's the book that I would recommend. Do you know the author name? Do you remember the author name? It is by L. David Marquette. And the last name is spelled M-A-R-Q-U-E-T. Okay. And any podcast do you want to suggest? Um, One that I really like is called What is Your Legacy by Galem Gourmet. She is the podcast host on that one. Um, And that's really interesting. She interviews a lot of different people, but a lot of them are from sales. They are salespeople. And she asked them, you know, what legacy would they like to leave behind and why? And so that one is both personally and professionally interesting. (laughs) Okay. So what is that, you know, everybody as successful women or male, like what is your secret of whatever success you are today? 
I would say just be open, be open to change, be open to risk. Risk is something that I've been working on this past year because when I started my career, I very much wanted to do things the right way and I wanted to make them as close to perfect as possible. And I think as I've gotten older, the more I've realized it's okay to make a mistake now and again. Like, obviously, you still want to be as good as possible and as accurate as possible. But if a mistake occurs, it is not the end of the world. It's just a learning opportunity for how you get better the next time. So you kind of have to gauge how much preparation are you going to do versus what's the payoff. So if I'm spending two full days trying to be perfect versus two hours trying to be acceptable, what's the difference if I make a minor error? It's most likely not going to be the end of the world. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. So, so take some risk, be open. If people give you constructive criticism, listen to it, judge if it's applicable. If it's something that you're like, yeah, you're right. I could get better at that. Then be open to working on getting better on that skill. And in the long term, it'll just make you better overall. So it's okay to, you know, people criticize, but it is up to you to, you know, to take it or not. Yes. Special question to you, like how you selflessly, you know, help many women. I've observed that that uh, in you. That's why I'm asking. Oh, thank you for that. Well, I think for me, helping others is how I add value to my own life. Like I get a lot of joy out of watching other people succeed. And knowing that I was a small part of them reaching their goals is very satisfying for me. But it's also exciting. Like, I think it's fun when you meet somebody new and you see that they are passionate about something or there's a goal they're really trying to get to. And you're like, okay, well, what what small thing can I do that helps them? Like, can I give them a tool? Can I introduce them to somebody that maybe will help them on their journey better than I could? Can I maybe ask a few questions they haven't thought of? Maybe suggest a book that would help them with what they're dealing with. They're little tiny, small things that we can all do for each other every day. So I guess I would just encourage if you have something within your grasp that will help another person, just share it. Like you helping them doesn't lessen anything for you. It just makes everything better. Wow, that's great. You know, there is one spiritual leader in India. He says, we help ourselves, not the world. When you help others, it's ultimately it is going to help back to you. True. Yeah. For example, if a, if a husband is helping a woman to, you know, to be better a woman in her, in her career, it's going to help him back because she's not going to disturb him for each and everything, right? She will manage on her own, mm-hmm. right? Definitely. And I also think like in marriages, like... When one partner gets better, you both get better. If you go to work and let's say you start out as a salesperson and you're like, eh, negotiation isn't my favorite. Like, I need to learn to get better at this. And you do. Then you can take that skill home. And then the next time you're trying to get a new car or a house or go to the grocery, you can be like, hey, I'm going to whip out this negotiation tactic. <laughs> and then maybe you get a better deal on your house or your car or your groceries. So I think, you know, there's a lot of, As you learn from work, you apply that. I also think that as the better you get at a job, the better partner you can be at home because you're more confident. So the more confident you are, the less reliant you are on other people in your life because you're kind of taking control of yourself and your finances and you're feeling more secure. And the more secure you feel, the less anxious you are, the less demanding you are of other people's time and resources because you're starting to own all of those behaviors on your own. So 
you know, I think that if you're working and being a parent, there are definitely times where that's going to be taxing. There's definitely times where there's a trade-off of, uh, do I focus on work or home? But in general, I think that being confident at work is only going to help you at home. Yeah, I totally agree and I can really relate with you because, um, you know, we think that women being at home only can able to take care of the family, spouse and children. But I personally feel it is in the other way. You know, if a woman can work, go to work, she knows who is what, whether she can able to disturb husband. When husband is in the meeting, she knows that, okay, this is not the right time to disturb. She can understand well the environment, the situations better. And uh, she, even if, uh, for example, if baby is unwell, she'll not be, you know, scared or afraid what to do next. You know, if, uh, if a corporate woman or a working woman, she knows what is the next step. Mm-hmm. Even without uh, uh, having a husband at home, she can manage. She can travel alone along with the baby. She can go to hospital. I think that, uh, you know, she can really manage if she goes for work. I think it's better. Even that positivity, you know, you, you will be always alert, alert mind. And, you know, you're aggressive, especially in sales. You know, a saleswoman means they're always aggressive, enthusiastic, energetic. And you're going to transfer that to the family. I really like your point about the hospital, like being confident, because I think a lot of people, if they don't feel like they got a lot of education or they don't feel like they're doing something like outside of the home where they're interacting with other people, sometimes going to a hospital can be really intimidating because it's a lot of big words and a lot of people who are like, this is what you have to do. And so I think if you are confident at work where you're used to like asking questions, you're used to dealing with people you don't know, you're used to being in weird conversations where you're like, I have to try to sell them this and I don't know anything about them or their company. (laughs) And so you have to ask a lot of questions to figure it out. So if you go to a hospital and you have a child who's sick, rather than the doctor telling you something and you being like, oh, okay, you're the doctor. I'll do whatever you say. You know to ask questions. Like you're comfortable asking a question like, okay, you said this medicine, but why this medicine and not this one? Mm. Or you said this medicine, but is there a generic version? Because if I could If it does the same thing, but I could get it for cheaper, that would really be helpful to my family. Like being comfortable asking those questions or knowing that you can ask those questions. I think a lot of that confidence from being a salesperson at work definitely is going to help you at home. You know, I just, uh, one uh, article I've written has come to my mind now. It's like, uh, you're not going to be cheated by others if you know the sales skills. Yes. For example, uh, a parlor, parlor lady, okay, they just sell you like anything. Your your face is not good. Your face is not glowing. Go for this package, that package. That is better. That will give you glow. Yours is oily skin. That, this and all. They just keep saying something and they'll sell a bigger package at bigger cost. And you are being sold because you don't know that they are selling you. You know, they are using their selling skills to, to close you with a higher value order, right? Right. Yep. So you're not going to be cheated by anyone if you know the selling skills. You know that others are using the selling skills. Right. You realize that when you know the skills. Plus, you're less intimidated, I think, in general. Like when you are dealing with somebody and they're trying to offer you something, if you don't want it, you feel more confident saying no because you've had people tell you no a hundred (laughs) times. So it's okay. And it's going to be okay. okay. And that salesperson is also going to be okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. You know, if I go to parlor, I really know what is it's happening. 
you know they're just trying to sell you with that here package and you know what you are like you know about your skin right but it's just uh, you know they're trying to sell you so you will be alert you'll be conscious uh, what is happening around yes so we are end of the show now so anything you want to add uh, mandy not other than if you are thinking about sales and you think it might be right for you i just want to encourage you to go for it try it. Uh, There's no harm in trying it. If you try it and you're like, oh, this is awful. You can always leave that job. It is not the end of the world, (laughs) but you might find if you try it that you love it and that it's a new passion that maybe you didn't expect Um, because there's a lot to sales that is interesting and exciting and that you can apply to other areas of your life. So if you're thinking about it, go for it. I think there are a lot of benefits. Uh, I think we have to talk for one minute. Like there are a lot of benefits mother or a woman is going to get by getting into sales, right? For example, their incentive plan, you know, mm-hmm. the remuneration, the exposure to know so many people around, the network is going to build, yes. right? Network is huge too, because if you end up with like a company, let's say you go out for your first sales job and you're like, okay, I'm getting my feet wet. I'm learning how to do this. And then you're you're great at it. And you're like, hmm, this company doesn't pay as much as I would like. (laughs) Like building that network of like, whether it's LinkedIn or Clubhouse or whatever network it is that you find where you can reach out to other people and be like, I'm looking for another opportunity. What have you got? You got any openings? Like it gives you a, a way to continue to grow your career. Especially since mother, we are talking about a mother always need kind of a financial independence, right? To right. make any decisions. She doesn't want to be a dependent financially. I think the sales is going to not only give financial independence, they are going to make them grow like anything because it's all black and white. If you prove well, if you perform well, if you achieve your target, you're going to get whatever you want. Right. Agreed. Yeah. It's very rewarding. I think like when you have a goal and you're like, oh, I beat the goal. Like yes. the excitement, you know, like I, like last year, my team, we were working on upsells for the very first time um, because okay. customer service, not all customer service has a sales component. And so with my team, we were learning how to do that. And so like the first quarter when we captured like how many sales we had and I was like, we, did, we generated revenue. Like it's really exciting. And so as a salesperson, like if you have a goal and then you exceed that goal, not only do you get incentivized because you get extra cash for the fact that you beat your goal, yeah. um, but just knowing that you did it gives you more confidence to try again next month again next and year. to see if you can go even higher that month. Yeah, so that's true. And thank you, Mandy. So it's a pleasure to have you here in the show. So a lot of insights. I'm sure many mothers who are watching here, they're going to get benefit and they're going to jump into sales. <laughs> awesome. We love to have you. Welcome to the community. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Thank you for listening to Sell Like Her podcast. Do subscribe and share it so that it reaches the maximum women to get benefit by listening to successful women's stories. Let's join together and support each other to change the face of sales. Meet you in the next episode. Until then, bye. Take care.